Alright, so just very quickly, look at the person next to you and say, Pastor John's going to try not to confuse you. Is that okay? He's going to try not to rattle your cage. Is that alright? So I want to share something with you tonight that uh, has been on my heart for quite a few years, and I've not spoken about it, I've not mentioned it when it comes to the New Year kind of thing. So, but it's in my heart now, and I'm going to share it now. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you all ready? So the one thing that I want you to have a look at, and maybe we can find this verse, and I believe it's Revelations chapter 10, verses 6 and 7, and I'm, I'm going to just proceed from there. Okay, the book of Revelation. So I have a different understanding of it than some churches, some, some preachers, and so, but it's okay. I, I believe it's right, so, um, and, and I'm proud to say that, but never mind. Revelation 10. Verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7, it says this. Verse 5, Then the angel I'd seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that is in it, said, There will be no more delay. But I like what the King James translation says. So we're going to put it into King James. And uh, because I believe that they've interpreted it wrongly here. And he swore by him who lives forever. And he says that there should be time no longer. Everybody say, no longer time. Okay. Now, the way a lot of people preach this is that John was seeing in heaven, and obviously in heaven, in the spiritual realm, in eternity, there is no more time. But I don't believe that that's what it's saying. So if we look at verse 7, it puts it a little bit into context. And in verse 7 says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound... The mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Now, over and over again, it talks about it in the New Testament, where it talks about to fulfill or to bring to pass that which was spoken by the law and the prophets. Over and over again. And so everybody prophesied. Everybody. Jesus said everybody in the Old Testament prophesied up until the time of John. So the whole burden of the prophetic in the Old Testament was up until the time of John. In other words, everything from the Old Testament was complete and fulfilled with the coming of, of John the Baptist. So Christ was the fulfillment of the prophetic voice. That's why in Revelations it says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And uh, how many of you know that the mystery of God it talks about it, Paul talks about it in Colossians, where he talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says, this, this thing, this Christ in you being the hope of glory, is the mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. So right there, John is speaking by the Spirit, and he's talking in the days of the seventh angel, and the seventh angel carried out what his instructions were and was around the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. And with the completion of his sound, the mystery of God was complete. In other words, the work of Jesus on the cross was finished. Is that good? And that's why he says in the previous verse, and time shall be no more. So let me just try and explain it. It's really, really important for you to get this before I continue sharing. Why did he say time shall be no more? Because right throughout the Old Testament, everything was specific timing. It was timing. Every thousand years, something happened. Every 500 years, something happened. And there was a specific timing. It was all 
prefigured and prophesied through the feasts and the sacrifices, all connected to seasons and times. So much so that Daniel says that, that the enemy came to try and change the set times and seasons. And so there was a specific time. And that's why Paul says about Jesus that in the fullness of time, God sent for the son, born of a, a woman, born under the Lord. And so it was the fullness of time. But I want to tell you that it had to be specific and it was split second perfect timing. The setting into which Jesus was born, the cultures into which he was born. There was Greek culture, there was Roman communication and all this kind of thing, Greek language, and all of this kind of thing. I mean, it was really, you see, the hand of God in orchestrating and, and ordaining everything, split second perfect time. Good. But now John says, and time shall be no more. That from the time of Jesus, something changed. Where John says, time shall be no more. Because the mystery of God is complete. So my understanding of the word is that God is not on a timetable date and time stamp anymore. God is not on times and seasons anymore. When the disciples try to find out about times and seasons, Jesus said to them in Acts chapter 1, it's not for you to know. And what was his answer? Go and be my witnesses. Preach in power the kingdom. So the whole purpose of God now is the kingdom. Is that right? And so we need to be preaching the kingdom. So it's not time sensitive in a sense anymore like it was to bringing forth the seed, the Christ, and bringing him into the world. So we need to understand something in the broader perspective. Now I'm going to step back from that and say this. It became a realization to me. And I think it, it has brought a lot of confusion in the body of Christ. So this afternoon I just thought, let me go onto Facebook. Ta-da! And see what all everybody is prophesying. So it's really awesome because 2020, there's going to be so much happening in 2020 already. I don't even need to say anything about it. Because in 2020, there's going to be abundance. Some are saying. In 2020, there's going to be breakthrough. Some are saying. In 2020, someone says it's a year of choice. You know, and so it goes on. And uh, it's almost like every person that stands up with any kind of prophetic ministry is prophesying something. I remember last year listening, and uh, I was in a conference, and everybody stood up and was, <laughs> it was in March, and everybody was standing up and saying, no, the Lord told us this year was going to be a year of significance. This year was going to be a year of this. This year was going to be a year of this. And I just thought, there's so many things happening in this year. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm not knocking anything. I'm going to fix it just now. I'm trying to sort out all the confusion. Is that Okay. And um, so I was keeping quiet about a lot of things. And then somebody that I've known from many years from Wales, who's now uh, ministering in Chicago, in, I think it's Chicago in, in America. And he posted and, and posted something and said something concerning all these different prophecies concerning 2019. And I just messaged back and I said, I agree with you. So I said, listen to me next year. So this is this year. So. So there's so much confusion concerning what the year is. Now, let me see if I can clarify this. I believe 2020 will be a year of breakthrough. So I'm agreeing with them. Is that all right? But can I say this? There's always breakthrough. There's always breakthrough. You can have a breakthrough anytime. And I think it was set in place in 2 Samuel chapter 5 when David was going up to fight the Philistines and he asked the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said to him, go up and confront him. And then they defeated the Philistines and he said, well, this is Baal Perizim. God broke through. He's the master of the breakthrough. 
So how many of you know 2020 will be a year of breakthrough? So you can have bre- So I don't even need to prophesy it. Look at the person next to you and say, this is good preaching. All right. So someone prophesied it's a year of abundance. So 2020 will be a year of abundance. So tell the person next to you, woohoo, it's going to be abundance, 2020. Yeah. But did God not promise us in Christ abundance? All right. 2020 is going to be a year of prosperity. We don't have to prophesy it. In Christ, we can be prosperous. In fact, it tells us how to be prosperous. Joshua 1, verse 8. If we meditate on this word, if it doesn't depart from our mouths, if we like trees planted by rivers of living water, we'll be prosperous in all that we do. Everybody say, this is good news. So 2020 is going to be a year of prosperity. It's going to be a year of financial breakthrough. But didn't Jesus do that for us on the cross, that for our sakes he became poor, that, you know, that we might become rich? It's going to be a year of significance. <laughs> 2020 is going to be a year of significance. So I'm not mocking, but all I want to do is try and just bring something in and show us that you can have whatever it is in 2020, whatever you want. Amen? And so if we walk like David walked according to the Lord and inquire the Lord, God, this situation, and we walk by the Spirit, we will always have breakthroughs. Therefore, we will always be significant. Therefore, we'll always be prosperous. Amen? All right. So what is God's plan? God's plan, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came into the world not to judge the world but that the world through Him might be saved. Psalm 2, verse 8. God speaking about Jesus said, Ask of me and I will give you the heathen as your inheritance. So God's heart is after the world. Right back in Numbers 14, 21, when Israel rebelled, God made a promise in response to Moses' intercession, as surely as I live, my glory shall cover the whole earth. And that is a repeated theme right throughout the Old Testament, several times or at least twice in the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah, I think it's somewhere around 40, 45, he says the whole earth will see this glory because he's going to pour his spirit out. Habakkuk 3, he talks about the same thing, that the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. So God has got a global plan for the world, but then he's also got a plan for the church. He's got a plan for you and I. And uh, it's wonderful to see it, for example, in Romans chapter 8, from verse 28, when he says, you know, all things work together for good to those who are called by God and love God. So everything works together for your good. There's three levels of prayer that is mentioned in Romans chapter 8. But one of the things that he says, he says that those whom God foreknew, he predestined. He predestined. Now, how many of you do you think God knew you before? Which means then he predestined you. Now what did he predestine you to be? He says that he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. So when he foreknew you, he already predestined you. And the predestined, the outcome of that predestination looks just like Jesus. Amen. And he said those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, I want you to know those are all past tense things. So as far as God is concerned, you're already glorified. As far as God is concerned, it's already done. 
And so, so God is working with a plan for you and for me. Now, it's really interesting that if we have a look, you know, there is a period, there is something that God is working towards. So I just want you to have a look at it very quickly with me in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Now, we know that in Ephesians 4, when he talks about that when Jesus rose and ascended, he divested himself because he carried all the fullness of ministry, and then he gave gifts to men, and he divided himself up basically into five ministries, offices, and he said apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers. But they're not an end in themselves. You know, we're not the big shots. You're the big shot. Because our role is to equip you for works of service so that the body of Christ may build itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen. So the focus of Jesus is the body, is the church, is his bride, is the city, is the mountain, is the temple. So you are his focal point. And he says this in Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 13. He says, till, everybody say till, or until, until. So God's purpose, he's working with a purpose. In other words, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are temporary gifts. They are not permanent. They are to take us somewhere until we all, we all together, we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, mature, grown-up man, the man Christ, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everybody happy? Okay, so this is starting to answer some of the, maybe the confusion that I brought. So God is working. There's no more time, okay? God doesn't work January to December. January to December. God doesn't work like that. That times and those months are for our sake. Is that all right? God doesn't rest over December. Is that right? There's no break in his program over Christmas. And he goes, oh gosh, um, now we need to have a break now. <laughs> We're working really hard this year. So the time is no more, okay? The completion of the mystery of Christ. So what is he doing? He's bringing us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If you want to know what you're going through, if you want to know what's happening in your life, God is working all things together for good. And if we will respond by the Spirit, if we will respond according to his word, his purpose is to bring you and I into the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Christ. Is that okay? Are you happy with that? Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of think that if we're heading towards that, then you don't have to have a year of favor. 2020 doesn't have to be the year of great favor because you already have great favor in Christ. When the angels came and announced his birth, they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to all men on whom his favor rests. So you don't need 2020 to be a year of great favor. There will be favor because he sent Jesus. So turn to the person next to you and say, it's going to be great favor in 2020. Okay. All right. Great favor. So he says, until the full measure of the full stature of Christ. Now I want you to have a look with me into 1 Corinthians 15. 
See, until God is taking us somewhere, He's working with us until we reach perfection. But 1 Corinthians 15 is a good passage, 1 Corinthians 15. So let's look from verse 24. This is a powerful passage of Scripture. He says this. Okay, let's look from verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised. <laughs> okay. He says he's, he's risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Verse 23. But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits, he was the first. After that, they that are Christ at his coming, that's us. And then cometh the end. Everybody say, then cometh the end. Everybody go, da na na na, the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. I just want to just walk you through this in a minute. He says, after these resurrections, Christ's resurrection has taken place. How many of you know that we have experienced resurrection from the death that sin brought? And he says, and then will come the end. The end there means the completion. It means the fulfillment. It doesn't mean full stop end. It doesn't mean the end of the world. It means the completion of a process or an action. Everybody say completion. Everybody say complete. Okay. It's important that we get that word. Then verse 25. And then he says, for he must reign. That's Jesus. Till he hath put all enemies. Everybody say till. Until. Say everybody say until. So it's a, it's a second until that we see in the Bible. In other words, Christ is in heaven ruling and reigning. And part of that ruling and reigning is through his saints. Is that okay? And the thing that he's waiting for is that all enemies, Psalm 110 verse 1, same thing. Tell all enemies are put under his feet. Everybody say all enemies. All enemies. Everybody say sickness under his feet. Poverty under his feet. Say death under his feet. All enemies are put under his feet. Now have a look at verse 26. He says this, The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Woohoo! Everybody, that's a good place to say amen. Now how many of you know death is worse than poverty? How many of you know death is worse than sickness? Is that right? So the last enemy, the last enemy. In other words, the captain of all of our enemies is death. Okay? And so he's saying he's waiting. So all the in-betweeners are going to come under his feet. Now, how many of you know that death has not yet been destroyed and put under the feet of Jesus because people are still dying? So there is an until. We're coming to a place where he raises us up in authority more and more and more because he is the head of the body. We are the body. And if it's under his feet, it means it's under our feet. And so he's bringing us to a place where that even death is subject to us. Amen? Not by dying, but by living. Good. Everybody happy? And so the last enemy that is to be defeated is death. Now, everybody say the end. The end. Okay? The end means completion. Okay, let me quickly explain it. And what he's saying is that with the coming of Jesus and his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, and what he's doing now... Full salvation is coming to completion and will be complete at the moment we start to conquer death. So what's God doing? 
He's working with us. He's on a continuous line of operation in our lives. He's working with us. And part of it is church. Part of it is ministry and outreach. Part of it is, you know, your study of the Word and uh, interacting with the world. All of those kind of things. He's bringing us to that full stature, that full measure of the image. of. And when we reach there, when we stand up in the full stature of Christ, suddenly death will become subject to us. Hallelujah. Tell the person next to you, you're on track. You're on time. You're heading there. So you're going to get there. Amen. And so one of the things that we need to understand, one of the things that we need to understand is that God is working with us. God is working with us. Is that all right? God has a plan. God is moving us. That's why you'll hear, you know, same messages being preached all over the world. Because of the emphasis of the Holy Spirit, themes will be coming out. Truths are being restored. So now what about all these prophecies? What about all these prophecies? One of the things that I said to Joe this time last year, basically, I said, you've got to understand with social media, everybody now has got a public platform. So everybody can put there, this is going to be a year of this, and this is going to be a year of that, and this is going to be the year of that. Can I just say this? Is that not everybody is a prophet to nations. I'm not a prophet to nations. I prophesy to ACF. So if I stand up and say, come on, ACF, this is going to be a year of significance, that's for ACF. Is that all right? You prophesy to the level of your responsibility and your authority. And so those people are prophesying. Now, does it mean that we can't take that? No, we can take that. But why don't we go for the goal that God has for us? Is that okay? Why don't we step out of saying, this is going to be a year of favor. You have favor. So of course it's going to be a year of favor. This is going to be a year of choice. You make choices every single day. <laughs> every single day you have to make choices. So of course it's going to be a year of choice. Just make the right choices. Is it going to be a year of breakthrough? Yeah, of course it's going to be a year of breakthrough. Because your whole Christian walk is a breakthrough walk. Amen? Because there's an enemy of your soul that is opposing you. There's a world outside there that works against you. There's a system that Babylonian system that comes all the way from King Nebuchadnezzar that works against you. But of course you're going to break through. Is that all right? Because you're standing up as the Christ person. So we need to go for something else. So what we're going for in 2020 is something, it's going to be the end. <laughs> we're going for something else in 2020. Turn with me to Isaiah 58. I'm nearly finished. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, and we can look at from verse 11. This is God speaking to the people of, of Judah, talking about, um, you know, basically he's talking about their restitution. He's talking about their restoration. And the whole burden of Isaiah 58 is this, if I can just say it. If you will follow the Lord, if you will do what his word says, this will be the result. And we're going to go through it. And I don't know about you. I don't want it just to be a year of significance. I, I want it to be a year of completion. I don't want it just to be a year of breakthrough. I want it to be all of those things. But this is what I want. He says, and the Lord shall guide thee. If you look at it, he talks about keeping the Sabbath and uh, the chosen fast of, of feeding the poor and things like this. And, and really, he's talking about living godly. 
If we put it in your New Testament terms, it's walking the walk with God. Is that all right? He says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. So now if you want to, 2020 is going to be a year of continual guidance. Okay? And satisfy thy soul in drought. 2020 is going to be a year of satisfying your soul, no matter what kind of drought is taking place in the economy. And make fat thy bones. That fatness is the anointing. Come on, are you starting to get where I'm going now? So 2020 will be a year of fat bones, you know, it's like anointed bones, you know. Kind of like Elisha's bones. You know that even when he was in the grave, the raiding band came in and they threw that dead young man in there. There was such fatness in the bones of Elisha that the man stood up to life. And he's talking about not just your bones, he's talking about you. And, and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Now, I don't know about you, this is what I'm going for for 2020. I'm not just going for choices. I'm not just going for breakthroughs. I'm not just going for abundance. No, no, no. I'm going for the completeness in Christ. And God said to Judah, he says, if you will pour out your soul to this, if you will give yourself to doing my word, you can expect this. I don't know about you, but this is good stuff. I mean, all of that is a message in itself. Verse 12. And he says, and they that shall be of thee. In other words, you're going to be so fruitful, you're going to reproduce yourself. And even those that you reproduce yourself in, even those that are of you, those whose lives you affect, because like begets like. He says, those that be of thee shall build up the old waste places. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been stuff happening in church history that's phenomenal that we are not seeing. But God says, if you will pour out yourself and follow my word, you'll be one of those that bring back the restoration of things long lost. And he was specifically talking to Judah because, remember, with the Assyrians and the Babylonians that came in and they destroyed their countries. They destroyed the towns. They destroyed the temple. And he said, you're going to be so blessed, so prosperous, so anointed. You're going to rebuild everything the enemy has destroyed. Is that okay? Is this this good? He says, and thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Things that have been lost for generations and generations and generations and generations. Come on, how many of you in for this? I'm, I'm up for this. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. Woo-hoo! Now, I love this. I've preached a message on this. If you look through church history, there were moves of God. Then nothing. Then moves of God. Then nothing. From generation to generation, God's desire was a continuous move. But there are breaches. There's gaps in revivals. There's gaps in the move. And he says, you follow me. You walk with me. You walk by the Spirit. You do my word. You're going to take hold of what God did then. And you're going to take hold of it. And you're going to be the one that brings it together. Seamlessly weaving moves of God to bring it into current generations. I'm signing up for that. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. I mean, there were people who walked with God who no longer. And what happened to their paths? 
those ancient paths, what happened to them. Where are people like Andrew Murray and, you know, John G. Lake and Sundar Singh? Where are these? Where are they? And God says, I'll bring you into it and you'll open those ancient paths. And others will be able to dwell in that way, that lifestyle, that walk with God. Is this okay? So for me, and I'm not knocking all these other prophecies, you know, I believe that they pertain to their ministries. But what I want us to understand for us as a church in ACF is that if we go for the fullness in Christ, you have it. Is that okay? You don't have to try and go, like, okay, Jesus, this is the year of breakthrough. <laughs> Oh, no, no, this is the year of favor. Oh, Jesus, this is the, I've got to make right, this is the year of choice. No, no, no. I believe it's the year of completeness. It's the year of fullness. Last verse. I won't do any more. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Colossians 2, verse 10. It's a brilliant verse. You can read around those verses. It's amazing. And ye are, can everybody say the word? Complete. In him which is the head of all principalities and power. The verse before says, and God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ. And you have been given fullness in him, who is the head of every authority. Which means this, that you are complete in Christ. You are complete in Christ as Christ was complete in the Father. It means you lack nothing. It means that everything he did, it's done. It's finished. The mystery of God is finished. So we don't have to have a year of breakthrough. You have breakthrough because you're in Christ. So what responsibility does that put on us then? What do we need to do? I believe that this year we need to pursue Christ. I believe we need to pursue Him in His Word, pursue Him by His Spirit. What I feel for us as ACF in this year, we need to be those who raise up, who rebuild, who restore, and who repair. As we walk with the Lord... And as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, as we walk in the Spirit, as we walk in love, as we walk in His Word, we'll come into the fullness of Christ. And you will have everything. Is that right? When you're confronted with something and you need a breakthrough, you can just ask the Spirit. And He will show you. And He will lead you. And He will lead you into breakthroughs. You'll be continuing in the favor of God. So you don't need a special year of favor because you have favor. You don't need a special year of breakthrough because you'll have breakthrough. You don't need a special year of prosperity and abundance because you have abundance in Him. So I believe for us as ACF, God is raising us up in our understanding of who we are in Christ. Complete. So I've got two things to say to close. Philippians 3, 13 to 15. Just listen. This is from the Passion Translation. This was Paul's attitude. He says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Because he's talking about forgetting what is behind and pressing on to what is ahead. So listen, let's forget every negativity, every failure, every defeat, every sin, every time we fail. Let's forget all of those things. Let's even forget all of our accomplishments. Because that's what Paul said. My greatest accomplishment. Let's forget all those things. Turn around and face 2020 and say, I am pursuing Christ. Is that all right? Now listen to what he says. He says over here that I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past. 
as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So listen to what Paul says in verse 15. So let all those who are fully mature have the same passion. I like what Paul says in the NIV. He said, all whom are mature have the same point of view as what I've got. Let's not go for aspects. Let's go for the thing. Is that right? Let's go for the fullness. So now, in closing, just, you know, I don't need to put this in, but I'm putting it in. Is that okay? Because it might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not. I think I've made it very clear. The year that we're going into is 2020. Now, I'm not all that hung up about Bible numerology. Okay? Because God says there's no more time. So a lot of people start looking up the biblical numerology of 2019. It doesn't mean anything. You know, but I looked up the numerology of 2020. Just for interest's sake. Is that okay? Because it ties into my message. Is that all right? So the biblical number of 20 is amazing. It means complete. It means complete. Okay? And the interesting thing is, the number 20 is not used often in the Bible. A couple of places, about three, three times, it talks about a period, time period of 20 years. And one was Jacob. And... um, if you read the story of Jacob and you work it out, it sounds like he worked for his uncle Laban 21 years. You know, seven years for Lee, seven years for Rachel, and another seven years for flocks and herds. But you actually read in Genesis 31 when Laban pursued him when they ran away. And he actually said with his own mouth, I've worked for you these 20 years in Genesis 31. So what does the 20 mean? It means complete and the end of a cycle. It's the end of a cycle. So if there's anything you want to take out of numerology and fit it into the word that I said, because I, I feel that's a biblical perspective, is this, is that, you know, take this as prophetic. I believe that we're end of a cycle in ACF, but the beginning of another. Is it okay? Because God is never finished. So maybe what you could do is look at it and say, well, it's, I'm going to take this as a prophetic thing for myself. I have finished a cycle of labor, and I'm about to get the reward. Is that all right? End of a cycle. How many of you glad that cycles come to an end? And it's the end of a cycle, and it's time for the reward. And so I won't mention any of the others, but the fact that it's 2020, you know, when God says something twice, it means that he's very sure of a thing. (laughs) Okay? So if you want numerology, take that out of it. Because when he called Moses, he said, Moses, Moses. And... uh, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, Eli, Eli. And so uh, there's several places where God says a person's name twice. Even Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. And it's just the certainty of the thing. And so it's kind of like Jesus saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee. So 2020 is completeness. <laughs> Amen. And uh, God is just bringing you out of a cycle of a thing and into the completion of it, and something into the future. Now let me tie it back to the word. If we will pursue the Lord, if we will follow after Him, like uh, Paul said, 
Boy, Paul said there's a heavenly prize. What was the heavenly prize? Was that full stature, full measure of Christ. He says, I'm laying a hold of that heavenly invitation. I'm taking a hold of it, this completeness in Christ. I want to be completely complete. In Christ. Then you have it all. So for me, 2020, year of completion. 2020, year of completion. We will rebuild, raise up, restore, repair. Amen. Those that be of us will be like us. Well-watered gardens. Okay. Always fed in drought. Fat bones anointed in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Amen.